2: It's time for the truth, here's our dude, you're listening to Haney, yeah. listening to Haney. Haney,
4: Three, two, one. welcome to the Hank Haney Podcast, Saturday Strong Edition with Steve Johnson, the Great Predictor, and also Minnesota Tim Porochka, producing, twisting and tweaking, and coming with some great opinions. Tim, Good morning.
5: Good morning, Steve. I am so excited for the Saturday Strong and uh, yesterday, on Wednesday. So we record this on Thursday. If you don't know already, I was okay, thinking. Okay, let,
4: me, let me let me interrupt here just a little. You sound like you have no energy here. I'm can, building. Can you come with a little? Come with a little energy for me. Okay. 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 okay all right. Okay. I'm,
5: buu- I'm building it up. Okay. Okay, okay, uh, okay. It's It's called creating the anticipation.
4: Okay. All okay. right. Okay. I can't wait. Okay, can't all Can't right. wait.
5: So Wednesday, I'm sitting here wondering what we're going to talk about. Is that enough energy for you, Steve? Or do you want more? Yeah,
4: that sounds good. It sounds good. I I can tell that you're going to hit a crescendo here pretty soon. Okay.
5: So yesterday, on Wednesday, I was wondering what we were going to talk about for the Saturday Strong. You got the Ryder Cup postponement till next year. That's finally official. But we already talked about that a little bit, and we might get into it, but we already kind of talked about that um, last month. So what kind of fresh content can we give our listeners? And I was texting my man, Jeff Running, okay? We just okay. played golf. He's the YZ country club, club professional. All right. And we just played golf last week at Shadowbrook together. On Monday, it was Cousin Tyler, Jeff Running, And then a guy named Mac, he brought his friend Mac with, who was also a super cool guy and great golfer. And Jeff was talking to us about this golf tournament that he was playing in next week. Okay. So he's playing in a golf tournament Thursday, Friday. I think it's Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday in Wisconsin, somewhere. Okay. You're
4: losing me. You're losing me here. We better get to the punchline here pretty soon.
5: Okay. So I reached out to him on Wednesday and I said, Jeff. Jeff. How did it go? He said, first round didn't go too well. Second round went better. I made the cut. And I was like, do you need a caddy? And he's like, that would be awesome. So after we record this Saturday strong on Thursday, which is why I asked you to do it a little earlier this morning, I am going to Wisconsin to caddy for Jeff running in this tournament.
4: Oh man. Now it's all becoming clear to me. It's all clear. Yes. That's good. That's good, But I tell you what, that is a tough job. And you know, Hank would discount the fact that oh, you just, you know, show up, shut up, and keep up is what you should be doing. I'm telling you what, you're going to feel like you're part of the game. Every opinion that you have is going to be, you're going to be weighting that with the fact that, you know what, this could influence this guy's shot. You are going to be worn out. Not you're in great shape and you're a marathoner. So you're not going to be physically worn out, but you will be mentally. Worn out by the end of this round, I promise. So my question
5: for you is this, Steve. So, I mean, obviously I am a, I know the game at an average level, right? I mean, I'm not over here pretending to be Joe Lacava or Fluff Cohen. Um, so what kind of advice can someone like me give? Can I even give advice or do I just keep up and shut up? Is that, is that the direction that I should take? I mean, Jeff knows more about the game of golf than I do. But I'm there caddying for him, and the caddy's role is to offer advice. Does someone like me even offer advice, and what other tips can you give me?
4: Okay, ooh, this is great. This is caddying 101. I'm going to give you just a couple tips here, Tim. First of all, you don't give advice. You give facts. Mm. You give yardages. Jeff, from this sprinkler head right here, it says it's 167 to the middle, and it's 187 to the back, and it's one. 58 to the front. This is what it says. It's not an opinion. It's fact. Jeff, when I throw the grass clippings up, the wind is blowing from our backs out of the right. Jeff, it appears to be uphill. I'm not sure exactly how much hill, but it's an uphill shot. Or Jeff, it's a downhill shot. Or Jeff, watch what that break does. That guy's got the same putt that we do. Watch this one because we can get some information. The best caddies provide facts for their players. They don't They don't provide opinions. Now, a lot of caddies think, hey, I'm going to give them my opinion. I'm going to tell them what I think. That's not the job of a caddy. The job of the caddy is to give facts to get the player engaged and committed to what he's going to do. So if you just keep that in mind, provide facts. That's it. Ask questions. What shot are you looking at here, Jeff? What shot? What shot uh, looks good to your eye? You know that that bunker over there. It says from the, the sprinkler head here that bunker is two hundred eighty-seven yards to carry that bunker from here, Jeff. You're giving facts. You're not giving opinions. Do not get sucked in like most caddies do, thinking that they're playing the round and that they're trying. They're trying to coach this guy. All you're trying to do is to give him confidence that the facts are good facts.
5: Do I provide encouragement? Do I give him, hey, you know, you got this. Hey, uh,
4: knock this shot in. Um, I, I would give him encouragement, but you don't want to take away from his focus. He's trying to get focused in on the shot. The ultimate, once he steps up over it, he's just thinking about what he's responsible for, what he needs to do to accomplish that shot. So from the player's perspective is determine the yardage he's going to hit, What kind of shot he's going to hit? What are the, what, one of the nine shots that he's going to hit high, low, left to right, right to left curve? Um, and then all you're doing is encouraging him. Once he gets up over the ball, you just let him go because you got to let him focus. When you start, once he gets in that play box next to the ball where he's making his practice swings, you got to let him, you got to let him do what he does. When you, any more, uh, information you give him could just take him out of his focus
5: information overload
4: yes exactly exactly the best caddy are the caddies that give factual information that let the player fully engage in what he's doing and uh in between shots hey you talk about uh you disengage you talk about, uh, you know, the, the last girlfriend that you you lost. Or you talk about the, how you're going to screw this one up. Or, you know, you just talk about different things. You know, you know what I'm talking about? Yes. <laughs> what
5: the hell, Steve? That, that, okay. That's very negative.
4: That's not encouraging. If you were my caddy right now. I'm sorry. You'd I'm be sorry. fired.
5: Okay, but, Steve, you always talk about the value of a caddy. Hank diminishes it. And then guess what you always do? You always bring up the Steve Williams story of Tiger Woods at the was it what was it 2008 U.S. Open when he gave him the club that Tiger
4: didn't want. Is that accurate? Right, he gave him a yardage that Tiger that was not an accurate yardage because he knew that uh, he knew that Tiger what what Tiger was going to do if he gave him the actual yardage. Uh, he knew what Tiger would hit, so he gave him a, the wrong yardage. Now there, I mean, there's there's great examples of caddies throughout history that have manipulated the facts to create an outcome that they thought. But they didn't give him an opinion. Although they were incorrect facts, it was still framed in, in such a way that it was a factual, this is what the yardage says. Well, the yardage didn't really say that, but Steve Williams knew that if he gave him the right yardage, that, uh, that, uh, that shot was not going to be a good one.
5: Well, that sounds like an opinion
4: well it's 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 false facts is what it is
5: <laughs> well it sounds like an opinion steve right he gave him an he gave him the wrong yardage because he hey, knew
4: i'm not saying that these guys i'm not saying that these guys have uh they want to win too and they know their players and any time you frame something in in a way to a player i think you should do this it, it doesn't help that player get more committed to it you're committed to it You've committed to it. You said, "Hey, this is what I think you should do." What the, your goal is is to get the player committed to it. Mm. And if you can get the player committed to it, you've done your job. Mm. Okay, so I'm I'm excited for you. I'm, you I'm are going to be worn out, man. You are going to be one worn out puppy at the end of the year. Uh, you better voodoo it on the calves. Yeah,
5: I'm I'm really excited for it. I, final question on the caddies. We'll take our break and then we'll get into your tr- instructions, Steve. Could you list your top... I'm putting you on the spot here, so if you don't have an answer, you don't need to give an answer. Or you can just name whoever. Do you have a top three list of best caddies ever? So if you were to rank your best three caddies ever on the PGA Tour, LPGA Tour, Champions Tour, whatever, European Tour, who would make your top three?
4: Oh, man. You believe it or not, um, he doesn't, he doesn't caddy, He'd never caddied full time on the PGA tour, but one of the best caddies, I'm, I'm not sure if he's won two or three, but one of the best caddies I've ever seen is one of the best teachers I've ever seen, Hank Haney. He's, he's caddied at all levels. He's caddied for girls in the U S junior. He's caddied for Mark O'Meara, He's caddied. I mean, he's even caddied for tiger a little bit in, you know, some exhibition stuff. Um, he knows the information to give the players. I've heard of him. Oh, yeah, he's 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 the man. Now you gotta you gotta give the nod to uh to my man Fluff Cowan, Mike <laughs> Cowan, his longevity. Uh I mean the, the the results that he's gotten are phenomenal. Uh you know, I, I can't believe that he he only lasted, you know what, he lasted a little under two years with Tiger, but every other bag that he's had, Peter Jacobson, eighteen, nineteen years, Jim Furick almost twenty years. I mean, this guy when he gets there, he sticks. And there's a reason he sticks is because he's damn good. Now, when Jim Furyk was, was injured for a while there, Fluff, Mike Cowan, he caddied for Sung Kang. And Sung Kang automatically, the first tournament they caddied together, they were together. Sung Kang was in the last group. He was leading going into the last day. Should have won the uh, at Pebble Beach. Didn't, didn't get it done that day. But I talked to Fluff Cowan afterwards. He says, man, he says, I tell you what, I'm impressed with this kid. He said he has got he's got balls of steel. He's not afraid to hit the shots. And he always would ask, Fluff, what would Jim do right here? What would Jim do right here? And Fluff looked at him he says, F Jim. What would I want to know what Sung Kang would do right here? And he just he gave the guy tremendous confidence. And uh I'm not sure. Ch- I haven't seen Fluff in a while. I haven't talked to him in a while, but um, he he will uh, he will go down as one of one of the top three. And then, I mean, I've got to defer to Hank, and Hank knows Steve Williams. His record with with the number of players that he's been with is uh, just f- phenomenal. Caddy, um, the caddies like Angelo for Jack Nicholas, and uh, what is it? Lee Trevino's caddy, uh, I forget his name. A big big guy. I mean, they're all great caddies. They last a long time. Those players are tough on caddies, too. Herman Mitchell? Herman, that's what it did. Herman, yeah. I can remember one time at the Texas Open down in San Antonio. I went and watched, and Lee was playing, and it had been raining. And Lee came out of the clubhouse, and Herman was waiting for him. The clubhouse was right next to the first tee, which was right next to the driving range. It was kind of tight in there. And Lee came out of the clubhouse, and he yelled to Herman. He said, hey, Herman! He said, I just talked to the pro. He says, it's been raining a lot. He says, you need to stay on the cart path today. Because he was so big. <laughs> Everyone laughed. Everyone laughed. So uh, I, I, can't, I can't really do justice to the old school caddies because I I, I, didn't really, I wasn't really paying attention back then. But uh, here's my top three in, in no particular order. we got Fluff Cowan, we've got Steve Williams, and then we've got the, the great Hank Haney. Huh. Uh, those are my three.
5: All right, well, I hope to crack that top three when the day is over caddying for the club professional, the great club professional, Jeff running in Wisconsin. All right, let's take our first break here on the Saturday Strong episode number 27. When we come back, the great predictors, great instruction, how you can improve your game and how you can do it fast. All right, go check out voodoo painrelief.com right now for a free 2 week supply of voodoo pain relief cream. It will take care of your aches, it will take care of your pains and it's absolutely free. The reviews are off the charts and right now Hank is offering a free 2 week supply of voodoo pain relief cream. It's that simple. Just go to voodoopainrelief.com. A little icon's going to pop up on the bottom left hand corner. You click it and it's going to go and it's going to add to the cart. And it's going to take you to checkout.
4: Timmy, Timmy, I know we're, we're taking a break here, but I, I got to add, you know, this is no trick. I mean, some people say I'm skeptical with uh, on these deals, too. He's, oh, I mean, he's going to trick me. And I mean, it is so easy. Just like you're saying, you get on there, you click it. It says it, it goes from like $28 to free. It's unbelievable. No obligation. All you got to do is try it. Hank's just saying, just give it a try one time. Tim's going to try it this afternoon. Yeah. I've been trying it I've been trying it with my, uh, my hard work uh, mowing and throwing uh, you know grass all over the place. It helps. It'll help you too. All
5: right, go check out voodoopainleaf.com. All right. the great predictors, great instruction. That's next.
4: Hi, Tim, we're back to the Saturday Strong Hank Haney Podcast, number twenty-seven, and uh, this week was a, it was a busy week for me uh, at Golf School. Had a young lady who's a aspiring LPGA pro come out. Uh, she's been sponsored by a, a company, and her father. I said, "How'd you find out about us?" She says, "You know, my father did some research, and I really wanted a one-on-one golf school evaluation. I didn't want to be part of a uh, a group of people and." Uh, she said, you got really good ratings on, uh, on on where he was looking. And he said, we called and talked to our coordinator and they arranged it. And so it was great. She was here for three days, Tim. And this girl uh, played Division Three golf, which is, I mean, this is not high. It is high level golf because it's college golf. You're playing against women. Um, but in Division Three, they play a very short, intense season. They have a fall schedule that's six weeks. Then they take off for the winter. And then they have about a six to eight week spring season. And then they go right into regionals and uh, the nationals. So she's graduated from school and she's having a hard time. She's playing out in the cactus uh, tour, which she was actually getting ready for the LPGA tour school, which had been canceled this year. So the tour school for the LPGA isn't until August of 2021, so this girl thought, you know, hey, you know what? I've got a great opportunity to really dial my game in and all that. And really nice young lady. You can tell she takes it seriously. So I asked her about her history and all that stuff. And it was it amazes me, and I'm going to get to it here in a second, what you, you need to look for as a student in, in uh, selecting some type of instruction program. She's taking lessons. She's taking lessons from some prominent teachers around. And uh, I said, well, what are are your big misses? And she had absolutely no idea what I was talking about. Um, With her driver, with her irons, with her pitching and all that. So I saw her hit some shots. And I said, okay, after about probably a half a dozen shots, I said, okay, let's sit down for a little bit. I said, I'm going to tell you about your game. And then I was evaluating her game based on the shape of her swing, where she would hit the ground, what the ball did. I just got a lot of information based on what she does. And she couldn't tell me what her big misses were, but I could tell her what her big misses were, and i never even seen her play the game. Here's why. She had a swing that was a very rounded swing, one that went around her body quite a bit, which that type of swing would allow her to hit balls that are sitting up off the ground, like on a tee well, but when a ball's sitting on the ground, it would be very difficult for her. So I told her, I said, okay, here's, here's your game. Here are the hard spots in your game. I said, uh, you probably don't have much of a pitching game. A pitching game would, would be one where you, you can hit it up over a bunker onto the green. You're, you're close to the green. You got to get it up in the air. You got to hit it a short distance. She says, yeah, I've got a terrible one of those. And, and I said, you know what? When the ball is below your feet... Or you're on a downhill lie. That is not a good situation for you. And she smiled. And I said, "Uh, three wood? Off the deck? Tight lie? That's tough. She says, (laughs) smiled even bigger. She said, how do you know that? I said, it all has to do with the shape of your swing. The shape of your swing dictates where you can bottom out, what angle you come into the ball, what angle you come into the ball dictates what kind of shots you can hit. So I said, when the ball is sitting up on a tee is the best situation for you. So then we, I started diagnosing what she did and we went into game plans. Very successful three days. She saw some hope. She saw, hey, you know what? These are shots. She couldn't get the ball in the air very high because she would tend to hit the ball thin. She would tend to hit the ball thin because if she did hit the ground, she'd hit the ground behind the ball, Tim. We've we've talked about those swing shapes before on the show. So she started hitting different shots and she could start to see some hope. So I told her, I I, I said, let me ask you a question. How much do you are you, do you have a part-time job? She said, No, just full time golf. I said, Okay, good. So what does your day look like? She says, Well, I usually, you know, I I'll practice about maybe two or three hours a day. I said, Okay, what do you do other than that? She says, Well, I, I work out. I said, Well, cool. How long does the workout take? About an hour. I said, okay, so that's four hours. What do you do the rest of the day? She says, nothing. I said, oh man, that is not good. Because the girls that you're trying to compete against, the girls that you're trying to catch up to, the girls that you're trying to beat are practicing a lot more than that. And she says, I'll tell you the truth. And this is is true. This is the, the, the key point of the whole story, Tim. The key point of the whole story is most people don't practice because they don't see any benefit to the practice. They cannot see the benefit in their ball flight. They want to put the time in, but they don't see any better shots. And when they don't see any better shots, it discourages them and they don't want to practice. So what we did was we worked with her her big misses so she could see some benefit to it. And I told her the only way to raise the level of your game is to raise the level of your worst shots. You've got the boat, you've got to raise the level of the the worst shots you hit in order to see, to see better benefit right away. And she understood it and uh, we sketched it out and I gave her a good practice plans. She's going to be sending in videos just like our listeners can do. Golfschools at HankHaney.com, send in a video down the line. She's going to be doing it. She says, can I send one a day? I said, absolutely. Send them. And then I'll shoot them right back to you. So even at the, The highest levels, Tim, this girl's trying to play as a a profession. You've got to have an idea of what you're trying to do. You've got to see some hope in what you're doing. And if you don't, you're not going to be able to sustain the practice regimen that it it requires to play at the highest levels. Hmm. That's just the facts.
5: Yeah. So, Steve, can you take us through the process of what it is like? So you talked about how they researched online and wanted a specific one-on-one instead of a huge group focusing on her game and her game plan. So so what happens next? They come in, they make an appointment, they come in, they see you. Do You guys have a sit-down conversation first. Or are you asking them questions about what they're trying to accomplish, what she's looking for in her golf game, what her goals are, so then you can further address it? Or And then you go to the driving range and she hits some shots. Take us through the process of figuring out a game plan and trying to create hope in a golf swing.
4: Well, see, a lot of that is done, a lot of that uh, communicating the goals and all that, what kind of the history is done well before they even get here. This is part of the process of us planning their their visit with us. Once we get all the information, w- w- then we will recommend uh, how many days, what kind of uh, program. We, we did a club champion optimization for where they look at her clubs and she's been fit for her clubs and all that. Uh, her ended up her clubs were, were good for her, but we do that, that. That's something we do for everyone just because at some point they're going to look at getting something new or maybe wonder, hey, are these clubs the right ones for me? So a lot of the goals, communication, a lot of the history is done well before I, I even meet them. Uh, I meet them first on a video. I get a video from them even before they sign up for a golf school. Hey, let's send us a video. There's a couple of guys. This one guy from the Palm Springs uh, that has reached out to us. that wants to be a pro. Uh, another guy that his his son is a college golfer uh, reaching out. This is something a service we do uh, for free, in hopes that maybe we can help them. So that all that is done well well in advance of them getting here. When they get here, we're ready to get get to work we, we'll review a few things just so i'm I'm crystal clear exactly uh if if anything has changed because a lot of these people book in advance uh especially with the COVID and all that you know have had to had to postpone trips and all um but this this trip worked out really well because she doesn't have a tournament for another two months uh the the big event that she's gearing toward is the lpga tour school and which is not till you know what is it? Uh, 13 months away from now. So she's got a lot of time and she's got an opportunity to build some confidence in what she's doing. She's got an opportunity to to see some some improvement, to have some hope, to get some confidence. And I asked her point blank, I said, have you been discouraged? She says, I got to be honest, I have been discouraged because I thought I'd be farther along than I am. And I admire her. The discouragement sometimes for people, it it blows up the dream once Once the discouragement comes, the dream is blown up, and you go to your next dream, but not with her she's she's dedicated she's got uh she's got some perseverance, she's got some mental toughness, and uh we talked about that it, part of the golf school is we go out and we have lunch every day, and it gives us a chance to really get to know the the student to really hammer down schedules uh expectations. Goal setting, all of that stuff uh that it takes time to do. I mean, when someone's here for three, four days, uh, it's tough to get all the inf- information. So we try to spend as much time as we can. And it, re- it is really a start of a building of a relationship. Huh. It's not the beginning, middle, and end of a relationship. It's the starting of a long-term relationship. And uh it's been uh obviously it's it's very rewarding when you get to help somebody, but it's 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 even more rewarding. To get someone over the hump uh, that that is that has seen an obstacle in their way that has discouraged them to bust down that obstacle and and to you know to to power by it so yeah that, uh, I wanted to share that because everyone has exactly everyone that that's out there that hates to practice it's the same reason you don't see any benefit to it now I, I'd imagine there may, there may be a few people that their schedules are so tight that They're on the telephone all the way to the golf course doing business. They're late for their tee time. They're running to the first tee. Those people just have way too much on their plate. They they can't practice. But most of the people who don't practice do have the time. They just don't see the benefit to the practice. And what I'm telling him, what I'm telling them, Tim, is that you're not your game plan is faulty. The reason that you can't see any benefit to your practice is because you're practicing the wrong thing. And all you need is the right thing to practice, and you will see some benefit right away. So, all right. That's my, that's, I'm getting off my soapbox now.
5: No, you're good. You're good. I actually have more questions for you. So, let's take our second break here on the Saturday Strong. I'm sorry if I sound a little nasally. I got, (laughs) I got a bloody nose while Steve was talking. (laughs) It's really dry. In Minnesota, it's been like 95 degrees for like the last week and a half. So I'm over here holding a napkin up to my nose with a bloody nose on the Saturday strong. (laughs) I'm like Rocky
4: Balboa. Yo, Adrian. Remember what I said, Tim. Those five words. The show must go on.
5: (laughs) The show must go on. Every man for himself. The Russian. I'm going against Mr. T. Yo, Adrian, cut me, Mick. Yo, Mick, cut me. All right, we're going to take our second break with the bloody nose. Go to HaneyUniversity.com. Hank's free daily tips are now available. Free instructional tips to help your game. I've been watching him. He did one on penalty shots. How to eliminate those. He did another one on getting out of difficult areas like the trees and stuff like that. Go to haneyuniversity.com. He's also got a rangefinder and a push cart that you can check out there that are great deals that you can't get anywhere else. With those free instructional tips, your game will be so much better. All right. When we come back, a couple of things that the great predictor mentioned in his instructional series with that future LPGA star. A couple of notes I picked up on the quickest and best way to improve
0: your game. That's next.
4: Welcome back to the Saturday Strong edition of the Hank Haney Podcast with uh, the Great Predictor and also Minnesota Tim Parachka. Man, I tell you what, Tim, this Saturday Strong has gone by very fast. We're already at the the final segment. And uh, I wanted to interject something. You talked about Haney University. You know they're working. Haney University is working hard on getting some type of platform where Haney University students... Haney University participants can send in videos through Haney University. Can you believe that? Oh wow. Yeah, like yeah, we're working on that. So that, that's awesome.
5: Sweet. Well, a couple of things that I picked up on, Steve, um, when you were talking about your instructional series with the future LPGA star was, one, the chipping and pitching around the green. You mentioned that she had a terrible pitching game, and you could tell that just by the shape of her swing. You also, you also talked about how you knew she had a terrible game, um, using a three wood off the deck. So everybody knows even average golfers know this, Steve, that the quickest way to improve your scores on the golf course is to sure up your short game. Okay. You need to have a good short game. I mean, for me, a lot of the times the problem is I can get up next to the green and three But then I chip it, not close to the hole, and then I could two-putt or I could three-putt. Normally, I don't three-putt because I'm a good putter. Or I could double-chip it and then two-putt. So, Steve, did you tell her and give her some instructional tips on pitching around the green? And how did you change, or if you did, I don't know, how did you change the shape of her swing to make it better around the greens and pitching and using a three-wood also?
4: Well, I mean, first of all, the sequence around the greens is always uh, the the top three prior priorities. If you, You've you always asked yourself first when you're around the green, can I putt this ball? Can I putt it? Because you've got the best distance control when the ball's rolling along the ground. There's some circumstances that that doesn't apply, but 99% of the time, hey, if you can putt it, putt it. When you can't putt it, then you chip it. Chipping is very similar to putting that technique the difference is because you're, you're using a lofted club, you need to put the ball back in your stance and move your head forward, move your eyes forward. That moves the bottom of the swing forward. That was the problem that this girl had. The bottom of her swing was behind the ball. So I knew exactly, hey, the bottom of the swing's behind the ball. There's She's got no way that she's going to create an angle to hit ball turf. So I got her standing closer to the ball about the distance she does with her putter. I've got her to put the ball back toward her right foot. I got to move her, the bridge of her nose over her left foot. It felt funny, but it didn't look funny. Boy, that she says, oh gosh, this feels really goofy. I videoed it. I said, does it look goofy? She said, no. I said, okay, let's try it. Let's just give it a try. We've got to get the bottom of the swing farther forward. So that was very easy. She's going to hit the ground, but if she doesn't hit the ground till after the ball, she's not afraid to hit the ground. Before, she was afraid to hit the ground because she knew she'd hit a bad shot because she's going to hit the ground before the ball. So she's afraid to hit the ground. Pitching is a different technique. Pitching is always the third choice. It's the toughest. But sometimes to play at the highest levels, you've got to have that shot. And it's amazing how many guys at that level, even the PGA Tour guys, are still working on techniques to get better pitch shots because you've got to be able to control the trajectory and the distance the ball is traveling. You can't just hit the right trajectory and disregard the distance or hit the right distance with the wrong trajectory. You've got to match those two up together, trajectory and distance. So it's a technique to expose more of the bounce of the club rather than the leading edge. And her technique, again, bottomed out behind the ball, exposed the leading edge. She had no chance to get the ball up in the air on short shots. Within minutes She saw some different shots. I had her make a lot of different practice swings. Well, not not different practice swings, but multiple series of practice swings to make the practice swing look correct first before I even introduce the ball. So the sequence is, get the right technique, and there's many techniques out there that will expose the, the trailing edge to give you a greater margin of error on those pitch shots. Get the practice swing down first, hit the ground in the right spot, Put the ball on a good lie first, see the ball flight, then progress to more difficult lies. But you've got to have success. You've got to see some hope in what you're doing. You can't go out there and hope to stick it down in a hole with a new technique and think you're going to be successful. That's just unrealistic. That's why people get frustrated. Unrealistic expectations get you frustration. So progress slowly, better technique hit the ground in the right spot, hit the ground with the right part of the club, hit the ball off of good lies first, but kind of uphill lies even too, uphill good lies so you can get the ball up in the air so you can see some hope. That's that's the sequence. And uh, if you can do that, then you've got some incentive to practice. It's fun to practice because you can see some, some benefit. And then the next level of that is to getting really picky about your practice. What I mean by picky is, Tim, When you have the same shot on the same lie, what you're going to be looking for is exactly the same ball flight. You're going to be looking for repeatability. And when you don't get that repeatability, you're going to know why. So, Mm. okay.
5: So, so take us through the three wood then. So, you talked about technique with pitching and around the greens, you want to putt first, pitching's the toughest. I struggle with a three wood. I'm sure listeners struggle with a three wood. Tell us about technique with that. You mentioned she struggled with a 3 wood as well.
4: Yeah. Well, some people struggle with the 3 wood just because they don't have enough clubhead speed. You got to have a certain amount of clubhead speed to get the the benefit of the 3 wood. You wouldn't believe how many low swing speed golfers I I see that they can hit their 5 wood and their 7 wood just as far or farther than the 3 wood. Now, the 3 wood will roll a little bit farther, but I'm turns with carry. They, they can't get the ball up in the air because they don't have club head speed. That wasn't the case of, for this girl. The reason she couldn't get the ball up in the air is because she couldn't get a ball turf contact. Remember, with, even with a, a, a fairway metal, three wood, you've got to contact ball first, then ground. It's not like when the ball's sitting on the tee where you can contact the ball on the way up and hit it solid. You can have the bottom of the swing behind the ball. You've got to hit ball turf. Well, that was very difficult for her. So we gradually worked our way toward the three wood. That isn't the first club that we had out there because I knew that would be more difficult for her. Um, getting the ball up in the air, getting solid hits was kind of the last thing we did. That was a day three you know, uh, challenge for us. We worked our way up from good pitching wedge ball turf uh, tighter patterns to the shots, to the eight iron, to the six iron. We went to the driver, then we went to the the difficult fairway woods. It's a progression. You've got to be willing to do one thing before you do something more difficult. And that's kind of, I put it in perspective for her and gave her a better understanding of, hey, this is this would be a lot more productive practice. Maybe today I can't hit my three wood very, very good. I know I've got to do, I've got to do swings and techniques with these shorter clubs better before I can expect to get it done with my three wood. Not, not only the fact hey, the, I, I, the three wood is the longest club that you're going to be hitting on the ground. It's traveling the fastest you have. It's, it takes a little bit more time to get control of that. So, uh, it's, it's, you've got to be patient. You got to understand what the expectations are, what would be good, what I have to do before I hit those tough clubs, And uh, that way, you know. Hey, you know what? I'm not there yet. I'm going to get there. I've been there before. I'm going to get there. I'm going to get back there. But it it doesn't lead to frustration. Sure.
5: So I have one more comment for you to react to, Steve, and then we will end Saturday Strong episode number 27. So this comes from personal experience. So we we always talk about feels versus reals on the golf course, right? Right. You you want to feel good, but Feel can be totally different from what's real. So last time Jeff and I played the club, profe- club pro professional at YZ, we played at Shadowbrook, like I mentioned, and he was giving me instructional tips, right? And when he, when he gave me these instructional tips on where to put the ball in my stance, how I should swing at this ball, it felt so uncomfortable, right? But... I was making progress. So this is my theory,
4: Steve. Are you
5: not making progress if you aren't making yourself uncomfortable on the golf course?
4: That's a great question. In order to make any type of changes in your ball flight, you got to do something different. Uh, Here's the reality, the the feel versus real comparison. In order to make a two-inch difference in the way it looks, it needs to feel like it's made by a two-foot difference. The the feel, that's why we're a hands-on type teaching technique. The person needs to be able to feel exactly what they're trying to do in order to be able to repeat it. And you need to exaggerate it. For everyone that exaggerates too much, there's 99 people that don't exaggerate enough. Do not be one of the 99 that don't exaggerate too much. If you exaggerate too much, you're going to get a totally different shot. Getting a totally different shot give, gives you an opportunity to, to progress you're actually getting better. If you're hitting the same old shots year after year, day after day, you're not getting any better. Be willing to take a chance. Take a chance with, a, with an exaggerated feel. If it doesn't lead to better hits, then bag it. You know? Yeah, there's... I mean, give yeah, it a chance.
5: One, yeah, I mean, there was one time when I was in the fairway, Jeff said, "Put your put the ball further in your stance in the back with my irons and stuff. And then instead of dipping with my side and creating a backcock and rolling my wrist back to get <laughs> to, to get to get the ball into the air, which is what I what's so funny, which is what I do. God,
4: that sounds that sounded perverted. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go instead for it. Instead of
5: getting backcock and yeah, rolling yeah. my wrist back to get the ball into the air, he said, "Put the put the ball further." Back in your stance, put it near your back foot. And when you pull the club back, when you pull it through, don't bend down and bend back. Okay. Take your lead shoulder, your left shoulder, and power through that ball.
4: <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, you have this is too much, mind? man. No, this is too much. What? It's too what? much. <laughs> That's too much to think about, man. No, These guys guys giving I hit a guys- great shot. But here's the thing. Okay, you hit a great shot. Then you start not hitting it good. How do you recreate it? You got 10 things you're doing in one swing, man. Yeah. You got way too many variables. You don't know which one to fix. I have my well, swing hey, thoughts was I, organized. Was, I, was I back cocking too much or was I powering through not enough? No, he I mean, was God dang, eliminating Tim.
5: my back cock. Oh, he was gee, getting
4: rid of the Too much. Cock. Too much information. No. It's got to be simple. Not only that, the simple. best teachers tell you what to do they don't tell you not what not to do it was simple okay
5: thank you very much it was simple don't believe what steve is telling me plus i support pga pros in the pga championship you
4: support anybody that gives you a free round of golf is what you support (laughs) no no tell the truth tell the truth no
5: no you can't handle the truth steve (laughs) you don't want to hear the truth you want your own story
4: oh man oh, okay man. just try to keep it the, the main idea is just try to keep it simple try to keep an affirmative this is what i need to do um <laughs> we try to keep it t- to impact when you go to your body when when the thought is going to your body here this is a great this is a great uh, uh a great tip here tim when the thought is goes to your body hey this is what i got to do with my left shoulder you're hoping that your left shoulder affects your body, which affects your arms, which affects your hands, which is going to affect the club, which affects how you're going to hit. That's what he did. That's it, trickle it down. That's trickle down teaching, Tim. Yes. They're directly to the impact. Trickle down. It's hard. There, there's, there's a lot that goes on between your left shoulder and actual impact. And what I'm saying, it's hard to recreate it. So I'm, I'm not saying that, that I, I wasn't there. But when you're trying to explain it to me, maybe it's just that you explained it so poorly that that the instruction was awesome, but you explained it so poorly that you confused the heck out of me and I needed to interject here. But yeah, uh,
5: it was confusing for me to take in. So it was probably confusing for me to deliver because I'm not a golf professional like you guys are. I mean, it did eliminate my duffs. Shout out to Jamie Lowe on Twitter who told (laughs) me to say duffs (laughs) instead of dubbing. But Jamie Lowe, damn it. I was eliminating my dubs okay. and duffs, but you know, whatever. All right, send in your golf swings.
4: Absolutely, to golf absolutely. The golf schools at HankKitty Tim, you know what? I'm really looking forward to to next episode because it's episode 28, and you know what that is? No, I don't. Episode 28 is the Ty Domi episode number 28. One of the one of my favorite 28s in in athletics, and you can Ooh. research him. He yeah. uh, Ty Domi was. Uh, a uh, very great char- uh, great character great hockey player and uh little fist to cuff her. so we'll never talk about of him we'll talk about him next time
5: <laughs> <laughs> all right never heard of him my bloody nose is done i am no longer rocky Balboa. i'm going to caddy later for the great jeff running and i'm going to be the greatest looper of all time i'm going to crack steve's top 3 all right everybody thanks for tuning into the hank candy podcast check out voodoopenleaf.com for a free 2 week supply Go to HaneyUniversity.com for free daily golf tips and send your golf swings to golf schools with an S at HankCaney.com. We appreciate you making the Hank Caney Podcast a part of your day. Follow Steve on Twitter at Predictor one Follow me on Twitter at Tim Parachka, and we will talk to you next Saturday.
0: The Hank Caney Podcast is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.